In this episode, Ryan and I discuss the business of IBC, becoming an agent, the importance of paying your dues, and stories from the front lines. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Bank of Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery. I'm your co-host, Ryan Griggs. And we're happy that you're here. We're having fun as usual and may even wind up being entertaining and possibly educational. Possibly. Possibly. So as usual. Maybe educational and possibly entertaining. Yeah, either way. Maybe both. Um, You know, we don't have a topic. Or you know, <laughs> to say it like that, <laughs> we don't have a script, but we'll land on a topic. Well, we've talked, and, and, and I want to get to the point where we just prior to the mics and the cameras being turned on, um, and we have proof of this too because we have B roll. You know, I mean the 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 mics Could never the, be released. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> the mics and the cameras are turned on like uh, five minutes before we actually start talking in the episode mm-hmm. so there is some behind and what that would what you would hear on today's behind the scenes would be hey what what kind of topics you want to throw out there yeah well so. i think one of the things that we both experienced this week um uh, and have talked about indirectly maybe throughout the really the whole length of the show uh since i mean we're rolling up on a year now uh that all this has been happening right Episode 40, not, right? I have not aged. <laughs> no, it is episode 40. I'm excited about that. And yeah. I want to, you know, talk about that. Yeah, we'll go ahead. Today. Well, I mean, I think there's, a, you know, power in numbers. You know, biblical. That's a bit. I'm not into numerology right. at all. But numbers have power and there's meaning in numbers. In 40, you know, the, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days, mm-hmm. 40 nights. It rained in the flood, 40 days, 40 nights. You know, Joshua was 40 years old when he was sent as a spy into the land of Canaan. Mm. Right, and then uh, it's only Joshua and Caleb that came back with a positive report. Mm. All the, the, the main report was, oh my gosh, there are giants in the land. We're like grasshoppers. We're afraid. Mm. Well, those 10 spies... Their carcasses died in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Now their children entered into the promised land, but only Joshua and Caleb entered into the promised land. And Joshua was 40, and they were wandering around the wilderness for 40 years. Mm-hmm. You know, so 40, um, it typically, or, you know, it's at the, on the face of it, if you look through numbers and, biblical numbers it's always testing or trial 40 mm. and so we have we've six, had our and we've had our fair share of those this week we? we have <laughs> and you know although this is 40 you know we've got others in the works so yeah we have met a certain level of you know testing and trials and overcome creating absolutely. this podcast absolutely so i'm excited about 40 yeah and I think it's interesting to see what it's become too, just kind of looking back and it's still kind of the new year season. We're still in January, mid-January here. Um, thinking about like what the various ways this podcast is used. So we've come to discover that a number of other agents and advisors uh, listen to the show. Um, we know that a lot of, I know that a lot of, my, I'm sure yours too, but our clients listen to remain continually engaged Listen, uh, if my clients are not listening, 
Um, you have an opportunity. <laughs> okay. I think most of my clients listen. Yeah. Even, even I had a, the pleasure of meeting a long-term client, which this week it was Monday. As a matter of fact, he's a, a retired judge, mm. um, highly intelligent, and been a client a long time. And he listens. Mm. And so he's, I'm 56. He's more mature than I am. Smarter, faster, stronger, and all that. Um, but he listens. Mm. And he said, oh, I'd, I'd like to meet Ryan. Oh, bring him on. Yeah. So I'm just saying that my clients do listen. Mm-hmm. I have. Well, and I had, a, I had another guy, current client, brother-in-law. Uh, the brother-in-law was getting interested in his brother-in-law yeah, not your the brother-in-law. Client, the client's brother-in-law okay was getting interested in potentially learning more about becoming your own banker and so my client asked me you know what what do you recommend how should he get in touch and you know i said there's the website go to the website greg's capital strategies fill out the form that's the way we can schedule a little quick 20-minute call but really he should read the book first you know read becoming your own banker there's a book review on youtube linked at my YouTube channel. It's on your YouTube channel. You should watch that. Uh, gathers five part series though. Yeah. And, if, and for like four and a half hours. So, I mean, there's some work to do. All right. So go do all that. And then, you know, watch the podcast. Tell them to watch Banking with Life. You're going to get just, I am in business and outside of this room in this little studio away from this table. I'm the same way there that I am here. So he'll, he, that's how you get to get to know me a little bit is watch the podcast. So the, the podcast has become useful in that regard as well. For your, for your perspective clients and your clients? Yeah. yeah. And then you mentioned two other agents and advisors. Other right? agents and advisors, yeah. <clears throat> Which um, I, I know, we've known that there are, we have a lot of uh, agents and advisors that are listeners and subscribe, but why are you bringing that up this week? Anything well, I should, well, I should mention that um, two subscribers and I know I know that they're subscribers because they said as much but sure. uh, Richard Canfield and Jason Lowe up in Canada are Canadian friends yep uh, also practitioners they've got a podcast that they've just started uh, wealth without Bay Street right? which is the Canadian Wall Street right yeah right and they were very nice enough to have invite me on and after some rescheduling and shuffling of schedules we finally landed on the time and place and so I had that interview. Here we are, mid January. I think it was yesterday. It was just yeah. It was yesterday, Friday, and that was I had a wonderful time with them. And they were very complimentary uh, about this podcast. And I, I'm Thank I'm you. sure that what they're going to do with Wealth Without Bay Street will also be great. And so I want to give them a shout out because I appreciate them inviting me on. And we, it was really good. I think they said they're going to split the interview in two. So you know, it's hard to shut me up. And so we got to break it Couldn't in two. Talk? Did you talk over them? <laughs> I tried not to. <laughs> I really did try not to. Uh, so that I'm sure I I had fun. I'm sure that'll be fun to listen to. Maybe with the link to that at some point when it's well, up. What y'all talk about? Uh, just about you know everything. They asked. They brought up Austrian economics. You know what? Uh, Joe mentioned Nelson. Of course. Oh my gosh. Concept? Yeah, mentioned you <laughs> quite a few times. Thank you. Yeah. Was uh, it positive? I mean, yes, of course, it was positive. Uh, the appropriate way to become your own banker, what that means, you know, the, the client and the agent's relationship, what that looks like, um, the, the, the proper way that should look, I should say, because there's a lot of ways um, to, uh, to go about it the incorrect way. 
Uh, so what the, what the proper agent-client relationship should be, um, who should be providing the educational resources, <clears throat> um, Whoa! Well, now we can uh, we can unpack that one. Uh, yeah, we, we should. <laughs> and I was very specific, and I said I'm being very specific. The agent should provide the educational material, right? Now, I'm not going to do the work for the client, right? They got to be involved as well and pursue and vet and yeah, spend and that, their time. But it's as opposed to other potential individuals in and around the infinite banking world. It's really the agent's prerogative, not other consulting or consultant-related style people. Are you talking about CPAs, attorneys, uh, investment you know, advisors? Just, I'll just leave, uh, others involved in the infinite banking world. Right. Okay. Right. Well, and, and I want to, I would just say that, you know, the agent, I believe, has a certain responsibility to facilitate a prospective client's education. Yeah. Well, and we talked about that too, and that, that it's a continuing thing. It's a never-ending thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned 40 and how it's biblical, and I mentioned on that, on the Wealth Without Bay Street uh, interview that, you know, work is biblical. What? The first thing Wait, that, <laughs> work six, rest one? The, the Days. first thing, you know, that it's part of the human condition that man, humankind, is to work, to labor, and that... You know, it's okay to sweat a little bit and to pay your dues. You know, Nelson and becoming your own banker has the the human problem section, right? The psychological things that often can prevent someone from um, either understanding or implementing or successfully continuing with infinite banking. And you know, I, over the last few months, <laughs> in certainly in business, but also surprisingly, unfortunately, in family and personal matters, I've I've come to see, and I think God's saying, "Listen, Ryan, listen." Uh, oh. That you know, paying. It's your, good to be able to recognize that, and if that's yeah. what's going on. Yes, and it is. Oh, and it is in so many different ways that uh, there is throughout life, uh, but especially, well, not especially, but also in finance, in infinite banking, there is this uh, innate refusal or this uh, like proclivity against paying your dues against oh, yeah. doing the work, you know, wanting the benefit without the work. In Nelson's rules, you know, it, it's most directly, it's being afraid to capitalize, mm-hmm. right? It's being afraid. And so we see that refusal manifest, I think, in things like uh, perverted policy design, mm-hmm. which we've talked about. Ad nauseum. And we'll have to probably continue talking about because it's so pervasive. Well, I believe that um, there will there will be a work done jointly created between you and I that is going to directly um, address part of that. We'll, we'll, we will directly address policy design. Yeah. And some of these other things that we've talked about, you know, income equaling premium and pay premium for four or five years and then start another policy. Mm. I'm just saying that that we will not ever get to the point where we won't have to continually address it, but we have not created and put out available a definitive work that right. we can move on. I'm looking forward to that. I'm day. so looking forward to it. In fact, I don't know if I told you, well, I think I did, I sent you the email that, uh, Society of Actuaries, right, oh, yeah. the professional organization mm-hmm. for the actuaries, they have a page on their website uh, with textbooks. So I ordered, I ordered the textbook because 
impossible to get a recommendation about where this information is. <laughs> they hide it for some reason, but I, it, it appears that in this particular uh, text, it, the description said that they've got the formulas and all the math and all the super technical stuff about modified endowment contracts, mm -hmm. uh, which is, of course, relevant to policy design. So, oh, yeah, we're going to go in. Deep. Uh, oh, in on deep, it. Deep. Yeah. We create a whole uh, new rabbit hole for those who enjoy running down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to have fun oh, I can't doing wait. it. Yeah. A little bit of, of uh, encouragement, admonishment, correction, correction, love, <laughs> and love pointing out what's wrong, mm -hmm. where the wrong is, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, being the light, pointing out what is right and why. Why is it right? And why? Yeah. Why is it wrong? Yeah. So that's a bit of a tease, but too bad. Sure. Suck it up. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Gives you an opportunity, you know, to return. Yeah. Stick around. Uh, so going back to that idea of paying your dues and, you know, refusing to <clears throat> do the work, to do what's necessary. You know, you're not going to become your own banker overnight. You know, no. premium is not going to equal income overnight. Um, Look, you know, it, it one took Nelson. Of, one reading of becoming your own banker is insufficient. It, no question. Two thorough readings is mm -hmm. not sufficient. But Nelson said it took him 14 years. It'll take the average individual 14 years to get rid of the snakes and dragons. Mm -hmm. Man, I'm 56. All the conventional lenders. That puts me at age 70. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, I didn't learn about this until I was 40, 41, mm -hmm. 41, 40. And, 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 and that's, we talked about this and you say it, you've heard it. We all say it. Well, I wish I'd have known about this sooner, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. And then we start dating ourselves. But at the end of the day, what we don't know what we don't know. Right. When we do um, become exposed to this idea, becoming your own banker, this concept, and it resonates and it makes sense and we've done our research and our vetting and then we want to take the proper necessary action to become our own banker, mm -hmm. we're just playing catch up for the rest of our life. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, what are you going to do for the rest of your life anyway? Right. Yeah. Oh, it, and, it, and let me just say, there, it's going to have an awful lot to do with money, whatever mm -hmm. it is you're doing. Retirement, education, marriage. It doesn't matter what mm -hmm. it is you're doing. So It really doesn't matter. And I mentioned your comment on Jason and Richard's podcast, too, that IBC is just putting jet engines on whatever you're already doing. Everything that you're yeah. already doing. Yeah. yeah. And if y'all don't see it, if, they don't, if someone doesn't see that, okay. But that's an indication that they're still in the conventional financial paradigm, that the shift hasn't been made. IBC is more caught than it is taught. They just haven't caught it yet, mm -hmm. right? Uh, we talked about clarity in an, in an upcoming uh, podcast about the relationship between clarity and what that means for, in terms of that metaphor, in terms of catching IBC, that when you catch IBC, what really is happening is that they've got a moment of clarity. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, so, uh, but I also want to say this other side of paying your dues, it, like the flip side of that coin is once you have paid your dues, once you have done the work, once you have done the vetting, once you've listened to the podcast, once you've read the book, once you do catch IBC, uh, get to it. Oh, yeah. By yeah. gosh, pay a premium. It's okay. <laughs> Make it a big premium. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I've, my experience has been over the last several years, you know, 16, that um, it is caught more than taught. And we, we all have limited time. We all have a limited amount of time that we can read. And, and I get all that. But 
if you're considering implementing this concept, it is worth your time and effort to do some reading. Um, it's okay to read and then I'll guarantee you your attention and your uh, well, your attention in general and your attention to detail and the importance goes way up. As soon as you write a check and put your money into your life insurance policy, all of a sudden I might have a little bit more time to read <laughs> and pay attention to the details. Uh-huh. Okay. So I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, and that, so that refusal to pay your dues too, I think it uh, manifests also in the financial agent community and that there are, you know, we could talk about, I don't, I'm not trying to beat anybody up or be hard on anybody, but oftentimes what I see out there is a potential client or somebody who is thinking about infant banking who wants to do the least amount of work possible. Sure. And then they're going to find an agent who wants to do the least amount of work possible. It's almost a human nature. And then they get together and a monstrosity <laughs> comes out of it. Oh my gosh. Or, or a liability or a lawsuit. <clears throat> you know, there's so much that can go wrong in this process and because of the refusal to pay your dues and I think so a lot of you know we talk about marketing you know attraction versus promotion and the click funnels and the clickbait and the spammy emails and everything that goes on in the conventional marketing world the promotional world you know I think that comes out of a refusal to do the work you know to go in to go deep to Specialize to become expert to pursue mastery and then to hone and focus and no I think that that's absolutely part of it and I see too that you know the and and I think the all American average individual advisor agent their hearts are in the right place yes I think that they genuinely want to help their clients mm-hmm. and but this is a new concept. Mm-hmm. You know, it was not created by the financial world, was not created by the life insurance industry. Um, so they have unlearning to do, oh. even as a financial advisor, right, as well as their clients have some unlearning to do. We've talked about that and how it's harder to unlearn sometimes than it is to learn. And so they're trying to convey the power, the advisor, the agent is trying to convey the power of this idea. Right. And if they don't have a firm grasp or a complete understanding, and I'm saying it's simple and it can be complicated, and we kind of talked about that in the previous podcast that, that will come out hopefully prior to this one, where over complexity, over simplification is not clarity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in, in commodifying. Oh, the the commoditizing, absolutely, this idea. Um, and it's, and it's really just venturing off into the noise. But if the client or the agent, the advisor, their hearts are in the right place and they're trying to convey the power of this idea without a complete, comprehensive, uh, at least understand, basic understanding mm-hmm. of economics, a basic understanding of human action, a basic understanding of where the prospective client is and their income, assets, net worth, what you know, where they're at, mm-hmm. um, then they... they Beyond Nelson's book, in which everything that is needed, in my opinion, is in Nelson's book. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> and, and this need to convey the power, the power of the infinite banking concept, it, it, then we start relying, or I see it an awful lot, that, that we rely on this third-party software, you know, whether il, uh, illustration software, um, 
calculators and all kinds of comparisons, which I agree that there's a place for comparison. Compared sure. to what? And then how deep of a rabbit hole do you want to go in there, mm-hmm. especially when it gets into interest rates, rates of return, the conventional financial thinking? Mm-hmm. A whole industry has been created to sell products Part of it being click funnels and whatever the marketing thing is and all this, all of these tools that you need as the advisor to convey this idea. And it's like ad nauseum, mm. ad nauseum. Um, when maybe if you would just focus on Nelson's book, Becoming yeah. Your Own Banker, understand what the man's saying. Very sim- Maybe understand some basics of life insurance if that's what we're using. Mm-hmm. Right Beyond the home office training, which is appallingly lacking in the industry. Right. Um, and maybe that's okay. I don't know that I want the companies to be doing the teaching. I, I'm perfectly <laughs> you know okay what? with that. Pay, pay a dividend. <laughs> I, I don't have time to teach them. Who does? Send my send the policy loan when I request it. <laughs> you know they're just they're just like the average you know um, all American individual. I don't have time to read. You know right. I don't want to learn this. I already know everything that I know about you know conventional financial thinking and this is life insurances. Um, but it's almost like the agent feels a need to use something to help convey this idea mm-hmm. to the to, to add credibility maybe to what they're doing oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes and well i don't want to be too beat people up to so i'll tell a positive story about what happens yes let's be what happens let's when, be positive. when things go right and now i'm positive about it oh yeah this, yes absolutely all positivity <laughs> <laughs> I'm really positive. <laughs> uh, but when things go right, when it's not when the relationship between the agent and the client is not one of dependency, when it is about the education, when it is about the value, when it is about communicating what Nelson discovered and taught, uh, cool things like this happen. So I have a client um, been with me for a long time, since almost since I started. So. Uh, He's been around, knows me well. I know him. And he. Uh, it's good to know your clients. I think he found me on, not found me, but messaged me on, or text message. He sent me a text message. Say, hey, oh, can he has we, your phone number. Oh, yeah. He said, hey, can we, have, can, can we have a call? And I've got some questions for you. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so I scheduled a call. It was this past week. He's like, ask a number of, a number of very good questions. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which was, and you know you can tell so much by the questions people ask. Yes, you can. Oh my gosh, I don't even need to ask you anything. Just ask me the questions, and I will learn everything I need to know. Right? Uh, it's like the amazing Kreskin. Yeah, I feel like a psychic. I mean, it's very, <laughs> very cool. And so he asked me this. He's, you know, I'm thinking about the next policy, and we had talked about the appropriate time to to think about that, and uh, he was in the appropriate space to be considering another policy he wasn't doing any laddering or stacking or none of that but legitimate <clears throat> need was for, in the fourth or fifth year and needs to lower the premium to buy another policy <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh absolutely not uh no very hard work young man hard working uh and generating substantial income for his age and what he, his industry and all that i mean he's doing very well paying substantial premium good job right had to have a little phone call with the underwriter. Be like, let the man pay the premium. You know? Oh, trying to get stuff past the underwriter, uh-huh. even when it's correct. Even, yeah. 
So, but hey, you know, I prefer that healthy, contentious relationship with, with the, the with the underwriter. With the I yeah, love it. you know, I'm surprised that they even invite me back. Right? I mean, you know, it's good. They can uh, poke and prod at me, and I'm going to poke and prod at them, and together, it's going to be wonderful for everybody. Right. And that's what I prefer. Uh, so he he's saying, well, you know, I'm thinking about this next policy, and he's like, you know, I like less moving parts hmm. so you know what do you think about for this next one not using a term writer mm-hmm. it's like one less component he's like what would what would that look like and i'm like man i'm loving you right now <laughs> like, you know, it's like flip through becoming your own banker do you see anything about a term writer in that book mm-hmm. no yeah. um so i'm like of course you know we, it'll it'll affect the design somewhat but um it, it's going to allow you to pay a, a greater amount of premium over a longer period of time uh it demonstrates to me a willingness to capitalize a willingness to pay your dues uh and this it certainly wasn't an idea i put in his head you know he's a already has become his own banker. He's already financing the things that he wants to finance. He's already well, it, operating, you know? That's a natural progression of his thinking. It, and I mean, it was so wonderful to see an organic, natural, independent development of his own thinking. Sure. And I'm like, so I love that. I love, and that's the, so that's the other side of all this, of it can go wrong, but when it goes right, oh my goodness. That, you know, today, uh, well, today's Saturday, this week, um, you know, Jake, um, our illustration ninja, you know, he, and we talk about every, you know, we have a team approach here, right? I mean, um, it takes all of us to provide the level of service that we provide, mm-hmm. which I like to think is very high and continually improving mm-hmm. without creating dependency mm-hmm. at all. I mean, it's not allowed dependency. Anyway, Jake and I were talking about this particular case, and and uh, it was mine. And he's like, "Well, would would you rather have this or this on a particular design with term riders without term riders?" And I said, "I don't care. It doesn't matter." And he's like, "Well, sure, it's going to matter." <clears throat> and I'm like, "Well, just run them both." Mm-hmm. All right, and it mattered. It mattered. The difference mattered in the first year or two, maybe four or five, whatever it was. But the further out you go. You know, it doesn't matter. And as a matter of fact, no term, almost all base, not all base, but um, as much PUA as you could put in a policy without term. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he's not that he didn't already know. Right. But to see it. But to see it. And it's like, listen, and we have, we own a lot of policies. You know, if that was my very first policy, it may matter. Mm -hmm. Today, what I know now, 16 years later, I don't care. It's how much premium is the underwriter going to let me pay? And I have to get by them. And the mere fact that yeah. I even have to get by them ticks me a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like just, you know. Which take, is good. Somebody to have that outside check that you've got to get through in order to acquire what you want to acquire and do what you want to do, I think is good. I think it keeps you on your toes. Well, I think it's, it keeps you sharp. You know, it's like, yes, I do have to explain. And I, th- this hit me like a two by four across the head like Nelson used to say that you know and you're talking about the level of service we provide uh, and it's hard to explain to the potential or prospective client who doesn't know anything frankly about the process 
of, of acquiring life insurance or what that entails, mm-hmm. even in the conventional setting, much less in the infinite banking setting, right? Uh, but part of that is is working with the underwriter, right? And it doesn't hurt to have an underwriter who maybe understands what we're doing or working with a company that understands what's going on here. Uh, and you know, it also doesn't hurt to have an agent or an advisor that you're working with who can accurately, articulately, concise, in a concise and precise fashion, uh, explain and justify what it is a, a, an applicant wants to do. Well, sure. There's a, oh, go ahead. Well, there's I'm, an awful lot there. There's a lot there, but yeah. I'm saying that's something that I think, I know I bring, I'm, I know you bring it, is putting forth the best, honest, reasonable, legitimate case to the company to allow the individual to acquire the policy he wants to acquire and pay the level of premium he wants to pay. And I tell people half the time, it isn't the client that needs, at least not the kind of people we work with, it's not, they're not the one that needs the persuading or any kind of convincing. It's the underwriter. (laughs) I got to explain to him or to her, to the underwriter, why it is this person, this applicant for life insurance wants to pay so much premium. And how does that make sense? Right. Well, and let me say, I completely agree with that. I think that, you know, the, the idea of having an outside check, it depends on what that outside check is. I mean, I, I don't want to be pulled over on my way home and check if I have a gold star on my driver's license. Okay. Preach. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I sure don't want them, you know, going through my truck for loose change. And then, oh my God, there's asset forfeiture, which has gone on in Australia. Right. right. Loose change in your car. Are you mm. kidding me? Okay. But when it comes to the infinite banking concept, we use mutual mutual companies. So the structure of a mutual company is the policyholders are the owners of the company. Mm-hmm. So I'm putting my money into a mutual company of which I, now I'm part owner. Mm-hmm. I want the company to be profitable. And we've talked about this before. Um, I don't want a company that, that, that does a table shave. And what I mean by if you go through underwriting and your standard um, or substandard, I don't want them to automatically give you, in the case of you being a substandard rating, which just means you'd have to pay a higher cost per death benefit for the life insurance. I don't want them to automatically raise you up to standard to generate business. Make you feel better. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I want the underwriter to do what they're supposed to do, and I want them to do it correctly. Yeah. Right? An so, honest classification. That's right. And in the life insurance industry, you know, the the it's been my experience over the last thirty years that the life insurance companies don't like a real cozy relationship between a producer and an underwriter because they want they do not want adverse selection. They mm-hmm. want them to be correctly underwritten, which is right. Okay. And now the underwriter has their jobs and their guidelines. Mm-hmm. There are national guidelines. All right. There is only so much death benefit that we can all have. And there's a calculation to calculate that amount. Mm-hmm. And this is the same with premium. And so you want that. It's healthy. And you do want a relationship. The, the producer, the advisor wants a relationship, a good relationship with a life insurance company that does have the correct philosophy. And that relationship develops over time. Mm-hmm. If you place bad business as an advisor, an agent to a company, you're not going to have a relationship very long with that company. Right. So you, then you're going to be moving to company to company to company or whatever. Which that. we know of. Well, it just it happens in the industry, yeah. right? Um, 
and, and I have no interest in that. And then when you, from the perspective client's position, I've dealt with it almost, I deal with it almost on a weekly basis. Mm. Right? Cause we talk to a lot of people, a lot of people call in, thank you. As a matter of fact, if you, a uh, shameless plug here, if you want to become your own banker correctly, you need to reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't need to go anywhere else. Read Nelson's books, do your homework, do your vetting. But when you're ready to implement it, you want to implement it, this idea with someone who knows what they're doing. Right, mm-hmm. with a company who knows what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that requires a properly structured policy. Right. Right. And so as people call in, you know, and maybe I've watched two or three hours of video or I've read a couple of articles and, you know, I want to put, you know, I, for an example, you know, oh, I earn $100,000. I want to pay $100,000 in premium. And God bless it's you. not that simple. Nope. Right. Um, so my point being is that you want a correctly structured policy. You want to work with somebody who has more than a base level of understanding of economics, <laughs> life insurance, mm-hmm. and the infinite banking concept. Because if, and, and I think you... I know you've experienced it. I experienced it. You have people, I think you may call them refugees. <laughs> yeah. Right? Can you give a us a... Clients of other agents okay. who, for some reason, aren't satisfied. And so they want, they either looking for a new relationship or they're wanting somebody's Second help. Second opinion. Something. I want yeah. you to manage what they've already gotten into. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. They, they engage with an advisor, someone who... I doubt very seriously if they've even read Nelson's book, but they have a life insurance license so they can write life insurance. Maybe they join a, a certain organization. You know, maybe they become a practitioner, an, an IBC practitioner. Or, or, and that's, you know. Yeah, there's all kinds of uh, organizations out there that they can join. Right and now you've got some level of expertise. And, and I, I sincerely question whether a lot of these individuals have read Nelson's book more than once. Mm-hmm. But they have a life insurance license, and now you have a, a, a uh, an advisor whose heart may or may not be in the right place. Mm-hmm. I choose to believe that they're fundamentally their hearts are in the right place. And then you have an eager <laughs> perspective client mm. that eager to get started, and is damn near like having the blind lead the blind. And then yeah. they create some kind of monstrosity. Um, or maybe it looks really good and it's going to be a monstrosity later, neither of which have experience. And, but and the then, illustration said it's not a mech. Oh, exactly. And, you know, which is, is really not surprising over my whole career. I used to say this um, quite often. It's like the majority of my time in my financial experience as an agent, advisor, practitioner, you know, in, in my practice. I spend more time correcting mistakes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and it applies even in the infinite banking world, in retirement planning. And I mean, I spend the majority of my time, it seems like, correcting mistakes. And I'm not, I, I'm, I'm expressing a disappointment that that should even take right. that much of my time. I'd yep. rather spend my time, you know, creating. Doing this? Yeah. Uh, so much of talking about the pervasiveness of the mistakes out there so much 
of becoming your own banker, and certainly for the agent, so much of becoming someone who provides the tools and the education necessary for someone to become their own banker is unlearning. Uh, and and the the more finance, every time someone tells me, oh yeah, I used to be in the financial, I had a life insurance license. I was like, oh, it's like, oh yeah, I wrote life insurance. It's like, you, okay, well, the, my the, father the price, was a life insurance agent. And he borrowed money all the time. <laughs> well, the, the price per hour of our conversations just went up like by, by triple because <laughs> it's there's, it's going to be it's going to be tough. And well, then you're willing to have that conversation. <laughs> yes, it's just, I am. It's just going to be really expensive. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and there's gonna and there's gonna be an added fee for any kind of document review, any kind of document review, especially an illustration. You know, so I have a and in talking about paying your dues and the amount of work that's necessary and what's really involved in becoming an agent, what's really involved in uh, running and, and being in this business. Frankly, you know, I have a an agent of mine who has had discovered through the course of. A, a client of his just how much time and energy mm. and involvement and engagement is necessary and uh, <laughs> and, and he has a, a full-time job that he's been in for quite some time it's very stable good income and he wanted to do he wanted to do both he wanted to continue his full-time profession his primary profession but then also be involved on the agent side in the business which mm. I commend Want to, want to be? It's okay to want to be compensated for the value you provide. No question. I know that might come as a shock to some people, but it's okay. You know, no, so, you know my, my my clients want me to be profitable. They want me to be well paid. They want not overpaid. I'm not saying that. Um, they want me to be available. They want the resources that we have to be accessible to them, mm-hmm. and it all costs money. The consumers pay for everything. They're completely aware of that. When and and I learned this in the real estate business. Mm. Okay. Um. I classify real estate investors in one of two ways. And this is just for me and I'm not picking on anyone. And if you disagree, God bless you. If you agree, God bless you. I found that there's really two types of real estate investors. Mm. The one that is like no money, other people's money. I'm not putting anything in it and just cheap. And I don't use that word very often. They're cheap. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other one who's like realistic. They understand. Um, We all, nobody wants to be, you know, pay overpay for anything. But do you really want to get something too cheap? Do you really want something for free? And if you do, it speaks to your character. 100%. Okay. Oh, and, my gosh. So <laughs> well, I get fired up on that with this the family issue thing uh, and the, the idea of character and, and whether or not you're willing to pay your dues and whether or not you're going to mm. pursue and enjoy the benefit without having taken the appropriate steps in the proper order, Right. Uh, to and, and accepted the responsibility that comes with the pursuit of certain benefits, right? Rather than to slide in and enjoy something without having earned it. The fruits of others. Right? Labor. You know, so I, and I run into this a lot, you know, the proper way to pray and that kind of thing. It's like, you know. Boldly. Uh, boldly. And, but yet, you know, sometimes I, I listen to these, a couple of these pastors who say, you know, we're praying for stuff that you ain't got no business paying for. You know, if, if God hasn't blessed you with something yet, maybe it's because you ain't ready for it. Hmm. If you don't if you don't have the business you want or the policy or paying the premium or the income level you want, maybe it's because you're not ready for it. Well listen Maybe you haven't done the work. You can look around. Everything that you've created for yourself was on purpose. Hmm. I'm just saying you are where you're at because that's what you've created. Mm-hmm. Right. So 
and not to be philosophical, but look, um, <laughs> there's a, you said it earlier, there's uh, labor and work, you know, uh, work six, rest one. That's biblical. Mm-hmm. It's a blueprint. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't like your circumstances, do something about it. Mm-hmm. Change it. You can, right? Your circumstances where you're at is what you've created. Right. But so, it ain't going to be cheap, and you shouldn't want it to be. No, you shouldn't want it to be. And I think, you know, my clients, I'm sure your your clients, our clients are not, they don't want something for free. They see, they no. recognize the value, and that's what they want. Yeah. And that's what they get. And that's the, uh, you know, I mean, that's the obligation that I feel that I have, that we have, mm-hmm. is to deliver value without cheapening this. Like, I mean, deliver your knowledge your experience, it accrues to your client. And they recognize that. Yes. And it creates something. I think I sent you a text message earlier the week that is just so beautiful. The kind of relationship that comes out of it. You did. And you even mentioned the word emotional. And by God, it, seriously, it is very emotional. It, it, you get emotional that it's like, by it's gosh. this good. It can be this good. And so to the agents out there, you know, I think it's just so misguided. They think, oh, I'm going to squish the base down to nothing. I'm going to commodify the becoming your own banker. I'm going to slap some other brand name on it. Uh, You know, 13 steps to becoming your own banker or whatever other AA contorted, twisted type of plan you want to stick on it, right? In order to differentiate yourself and market better and all that nonsense, frankly. Uh, You know, going about all that, to indulge that dependence, that the dependency style relationship with the agent, or I'm sorry, between the agent and the client, it's it's not the per, that overall performance over the lifetime of that individual's business, however long it might be, or however short it might be, uh, is going to be inferior to this style of interaction, to this uh, sure. to this philosophy towards marketing, to the, to this philosophy towards business. Right, uh, so yeah, it might look like it's harder. You're, you do have to pay your dues. It doesn't hurt to find a mentor. It doesn't hurt to listen and be teachable and coachable. Uh, it doesn't hurt to learn and to take however long that might take to get to where you need to be to go and have this style of independency and uh, value-driven, education-driven business and relationships because um, it, it truly does work out better. It's 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 just superior. That's all. in terms of the income, in terms of the nature of the relationships, right? I don't want this. I have no desire for this, uh, like thinly veiled hostility, right? This contention oh, where you know oh. the 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 client or or even the other agent is thinking I'm trying to get one over on them, you know. And so they, you know, well, I need to see the details. Can you just email me the details about that IMO? Well, no. That's a that's in the long list of the things I'm not going to do. That's right in the thick of it there, <laughs> right? No, we we can have more conversation. We can talk. We can get to know each other. You know, you can go watch the podcast. Might start there. You know, we can ascertain or discern the nature of each other's character first, and then we can talk about all that business stuff. Ooh. You know, ooh, interaction yeah. by free and independent individuals by private contract hmm. yeah and you want to what a way to do business yeah. and you want to skip over that right you want to skip clean over that and want to then come work with me <laughs> you know, i tell people when an agent goes they 
sell a policy with a contorted design because it's ignorance on top of ignorance. The blind leading the blind. They're 10 feet down in the ditch. They don't even know it. The fish are the last to notice the water, right? That You're not gaining a client. You're purchasing a liability. <laughs> the amount of time, oh, the effort, and energy you're going to have to spend and pour into to make sure that, that the premiums get paid, that the policy doesn't mech, that the client stays between the lines, that they don't forget five years down the road why they're writing this massive check for compared to their circumstances for this policy. That that is you have you have already lost money, right? It just hadn't happened yet. The present value, right? you might see a check, that, well, the seen and the unseen. You could see the check in the mail, that little tiny commission check that you got because you squished the base down to nothing, right? That little bitty check, <laughs> but you got the sale. Okay, you got the sale. You see that. What you don't see is all the work, the time, no, the wait, effort, the energy. That implies that there's going to be work, time, effort, and service in For, the future. Yes. Because Big I- Big assumption. <clears throat> I get, and, and we all get these un- you know, these emails that you, I don't even know how I get into some of these click funnel emails, right? And you can't get out of them, uh, uh, you know, I'm deleting 25 to 50 emails a day when mm-hmm. I have time. And, and one of them, I got to bring it up, is uh, an organization in North America that, you know, they sell uh, universal life and annuities and, and whatever. I don't know what all they sell, yeah, but it's a big marketing organization and they're recruiting agents, mm-hmm. right? And, and sometimes there's some decent stuff in there, right? Um, that's rare. <laughs> but sometimes... Broken clock it, is right twice a the, day. The, the last one I read was, how do you make all of your money and get out of business? Now, this is an IMO that's recruiting agents and advisors to, to sell this high account value. Universal Life is their product. Um, and it, and, and the whole recruitment email was about how do you get in and make all the money to get out? Wow. So who's going to be around when those policies implode? Who's going to be around? I mean, not them, them, not them. You're on your own. It's caveat emptor. That was right. the point. It was the, what you wanted to do from the beginning is, is leave. <laughs> That's why they're building a whole mar- <laughs> recruiting program. To, you're coming in and make as much money as you can to get out. It's like, wow, if that even resonates with you as an advisor, Move on. Um, I, I already swipe yeah. left. I mean. Oh, I learned, and, you know, I'm just saying a long time ago. It's 2020, probably around 2008, 9 or 10. You know, I used to have these, these you know, these big desk calendars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had them on my wall because, you know, we're, uh, you know, uh, just planning events into the future. And I'd go six months into the future. So I'd have six months worth of these desk calendars on my wall. <laughs> I know I'm an old fashioned guy. I should get in the 21st century. But, um, and, and, and I have several people that run my schedule, mm-hmm. you know, God bless you. I want you to call, but I'm not going to answer the one. phone. <laughs> right. Other people are going to take the call and, and, and now look forward to talking with you. It, so I'm in my office and I'm looking, you know, that week and who, who I have appointments with and who I'm going to call. And <clears throat> excuse me, it dawned on me. While I seen somebody's name up there that I wasn't really excited to have to talk with, and today I wouldn't accept them as a client. Ah, yes. Okay. That was a realization for me. Talk about an aha moment. I realized 10 years ago, it's like, I do not have to work with anybody Mm. that I do not want to. And that was so liberating to me. 
right? Because in this framework of the financial world, you know, you're, you're sell, 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 premium, 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 assets under management and how much you're going to ride and how much you're going to, I won't even tolerate and never have tolerated those conversations with IMOs, life insurance companies, investment organizations. It's like, get out of my office. I'm going to engage with as many people as I can and that I want to yeah. and that can benefit. I'll just be real clear about this. Let's be frank. I'll be real honest about it. Unless I do, I talk to a lot of people and usually enjoy it. And the conversations are getting better and better as I improve and they improve all the time. But a lot of people out there give more respect to their bartender than they do to the agent who's going to sell them a policy that they're going to put all this money into. Hmm. You give more respect to someone at happy hour who you're going to pay 10 bucks to. That almost doesn't make sense to me, but I hear what you're saying. Do you saying. see what I'm saying, though? Yeah. And, and that, so I had another experience from this week, right? Uh, individual. This week's experience with Ryan and James. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new title. Serious? It's you, you know, so we had an opportunity to have our first call. Sailed clear through that one, right? It didn't happen. I called, no answer, left a voicemail. Okay, followed up with email. Rescheduled again. This individual saw that I was calling, mm-hmm. right? Later told me that thought the number was spam. Listen, my phone number's everywhere, okay? It's in too many places, right? <laughs> I called from the same number I called the first time, mm-hmm. right? And then there was, again, the request to reschedule again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, no, I, you know, that's not going to be possible. I really wish you, I genuinely wish you the best of luck, mm-hmm. but no thank you. Um, so it's, and then were they insulted? What? 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 Well, uh, well, I don't know. So it hasn't been a response to the email. That's okay. And I do. I'm not. No grudges or anything. But you know that story. You told me that story early on about the calendars on oh, the wall yes. and realizing the person and that the uh, uh, epiphany that yeah, I ain't got to talk to that person if I don't want to. That when I first heard that story from you, I was like, what? Because <laughs> I was still in this mindset of oh, got to. Talk to everybody. If yeah. There's even a, a iota of interest. You got to have an elevator pitch to see if there's any interest. We're right. You know, and I got to. I got to pursue <laughs> that. <laughs> I, gotta, I just got a willy, case of the willies. <laughs> like For I gotta, those of you on Apple, I gotta Stitcher, what? pursue that set, pursue that sale, right? And mm-hmm. it's just I, that's been a lesson I've had to learn that I now teach to my people is that you know just because someone appears to have shown interest does not mean that there's a genuine interest or that that's going to be that that's going to lead to a profitable value mutually beneficial value-laden transaction uh there's more work to be done and i've spent tens probably hundreds of hours wasted time i will never get back sure uh pursuing things that I never should have pursued in the first place. They, sure. they weren't, they, that person was not of the mindset. They were not in that headspace where they wanted to make a decision. It was not about executing or implementing a solution. Mm-hmm. It, some people call it tire kicking, right? Uh, they're just poking around, you know, looking from the outside in, no desire to go in and shop. They're, you could waste as much, just like the an individual vetting, <laughs> infinite banking, vetting, becoming your own banker could spend as much time as they want as going down as many click funnels as they'd like, read as many spammy email article things as, as they 
want to. You click on that and it'll trigger a whole new funnel for yeah. a new video series with automated responses. However many emails you want to get, you go get them. They're available. Plenty of people want to send them to you. Um, the other side of that, <laughs> the other side of that for the agent, the way that manifests in the agent's life is from a good heart, from a, you know, people and people with a good, a good heart with good character are the most likely ones to make the mistake. Right, because Ooh, why they do you say that because they well they want to help. Oh my gosh, somebody is is showing interest. Right, okay, there's yeah, an appearance sure. of interest of engagement. So I want to Well, help. then yeah. I'm gonna do I'm gonna drop everything, and do as much as I can to help that person. Right. Yeah, you're gonna end up frustrated. Then it comes off a little clingy, and then it's like, oh, you're an insurance salesman anyway, and you're just you know trying to gen up commissions. It doesn't and, work, man. That's so deep. Like, We're giving this away for free. <laughs> right. Well, we need that's to start good a stuff. Patreon account. You know, and look, I get. Um, oh, maybe we could sell socks or mattresses or Bitcoin socks? IRAs or, you know, like the other podcasters, a product pitching huckster type. So, you know, you got to. Maybe I can sell some libertarian products. Nickel and dime and benefit from the, the listener's very polite attention and attendance. You know, we could yeah. profit from that. Oh, cool. <laughs> Listen, I'm a capitalist. So I believe in profits, but I'm just not yeah, willing to too. merch it up or advertise. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to go somewhere with that. But, um, well, one thing I wanted to make sure that we touched on too, and I think we mentioned earlier, is that you know we we're part of an org, and you are part of a lot of organizations. I'm a part of some, but fewer. Um, you know, just because we share an affiliation, oh with my gosh, somebody else does not mean that we're doing the same sort of business that it, we're that we have the same philosophy on product or policy design that we that that anything is similar other than the fact that we've got the same designation you know is that a, no okay so let's let's, let's so I, made talk that, about that. I get the question a lot aren't y'all the same oh well no I'm, I'm gonna unpack this a little bit because and i want to back it up to what i was going to say a minute ago you know i get we both i mean we get emails thank you we look at every email mm-hmm. um sometimes there there are links to videos and articles and you know oh james look at what this is going on shouldn't you respond to that or shouldn't you rebut this no i am not called to correct everybody in the world mm-hmm. okay i am called and my commitment is has been and remains to advance the idea that you can become your own banker. So I am doing my part and I'm going to do my part until I graduate. All right. Now that does not mean that, um, and, and let me continue on that. I have come to embrace the fact, some of these emails coming in, it's like, James, you got a hundred and videos out there. Really? Somebody's counting how many videos I have released on you. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't know unless say that's like a, a life insurance company. Oh, you've got X number of new clients this year. Why are you counting? <laughs> you know, I mean, um, and I'm saying just that to say dividend. this, <laughs> just pay the premium. Yeah. The life insurance company just pay the dividend. No question. Operate correctly. Um, as far as an education goes with, I don't know how many videos are on this channel, but it would behoove you. It would help you in my opinion, and, not, and I'm not saying to not go anywhere else, but if you spent the time to go through these videos, you will learn more and you will know more than the average employee at the home office of any life insurance company That's in North fact. America. That's okay. Fact. Now, and let me also say, 
that just because we practice the infinite banking concept and we've met and known Nelson personally, it doesn't mean that if somebody else says that they're practicing the infinite banking concept or they say they knew and met Nelson, that we endorse them in any way. There is no explicit endorsement. And I'm saying that to say this because this week, again, we've experienced in my office um, interaction with prospective clients that say, oh, yeah, James, here I'm looking at this illustration that you sent me or so-and-so in your office sent me. I'm like, no, we did not send you. Yes, you did. It's so-and-so. And it's like, oh. No, it wasn't your office. Mm. So, mm. and now I'm saying that, look, if you engage with more than one individual, it's easy to maybe get confused of what's coming of course, from where. Probably more likely that you would be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the idea that people imply that they're affiliated with me, with Ryan, with our office, or with our practices, um, go ahead and you can call my office and see who's affiliated with us. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and we do have lots of affiliations with practitioners and agents across the country. And, but I'm just saying that because someone mentions banking with lie, Ryan Griggs or James Nethery does not mean that we endorse them or are affiliated with them. Yeah. So, and that's not to say anything. Uh, we know a lot of other practitioners who do do a good job. No question. Uh, but unfortunately, it doesn't take much poison to ruin the whole well. I can spend 20 minutes just going off a list of names. Yeah. You know, people that I greatly admire and respect in the infinite banking footprint. Mm-hmm. And whatever companies they're with, I'm just saying that. Right. There's plenty of them. There's a lot but of But there's some bad apples. And so that everyone's clear, just so that it's nice and appropriately distinct you know there's just no other explicit endorsement right and our contact information is at the bottom of this video bankingwithlife.com james at bankingwithlife ryan griggs ryan at ryan at griggs capital strategy it's the links are here right right okay his phone number is available my phone number is available you know i gotta take it down i gotta say uh, the majority of my clients have my cell phone number and you know how many of them abuse it and call me on the weekend at 12 o'clock at night? Probably none. None of them. Yeah, my, my people are so respectful. Absolutely. They're like, and that we, we'll be on the call and I'm, the, they ask. I don't even have to ask. You know, they go through, you go through all this financial services training about how to script a call and everything. <laughs> and, you know, uh, plan it out and you know, tell them how much time. You, well, you know, if we have an hour block, you know, I expect to stay within the hour. Um, but I don't even have to say, Hey, we've got 60 minutes or, Hey, you know, this is an hour. I, I wouldn't even feel comfortable saying they ask mm-hmm. how much time do I have? I don't want to, I want to respect your time. It's like, can I have 8,000 more of you? Like what can, right. can you have, can I have some more, you know? And I don't want anybody to get the uh, perception or the appearance that we don't want to talk that I don't want to talk to anybody. I do. Uh, right. Unfortunately, the, uh, the few negative experiences are the ones that can generate some lessons and they're, so they're the ones that we talk about, but the vast majority of my communication with people is extremely positive. So enjoyable. I'm so glad that I'm doing this and not stuck in some conventional PhD program, hating my life. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> Wait a so minute, there's work better. you have to do in the PhD world. So 
Oh, there is. It's just, but I, I, that's an unconventional route. And that, you, you don't have to be stuck writing somebody's papers, right? Right, right, <laughs> right. Unpaid where they get all the credit. It's mm. like a nurse doing all the work mm. for the doctor. Mm. Uh, enjoying you all the doctors benefit, know what I'm doing. talking about, and you nurses dang well know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I, I do enjoy talking, but there's just a certain there's – a, there's an approach to becoming your own banker, to starting the process to becoming <clears> – <throat> your own banker and purchasing life insurance that is just better for everyone. It's better for the client. It's better for me. It's better for the company. It, there's just a, there's the right way. There's a right way to approach the life insurance application process. Yes. And um, the, the super nice part about our style of business and the things that we spend a lot of our time on, you know, the book review, the podcast, the, all the other projects that are working in behind the We've scenes. We've got a lot of projects working, yeah. not but, to tease. But, but. The, but these kind of things, you know, it gives people the opportunity to go do the work to vet, to investigate us, to listen to what we've got to say, where we're coming from, where I'm coming from. And then it's, it's a very efficient process once they finally get in touch when they submit the email that's the goal that's the goal (laughs) that's the goal and to respect their time and my time and then to lead to the you know a a proper executed well-implemented solution uh you know it maybe i don't know i've seen people first from the time i first talked to them to the time they got a policy in their hands two weeks you know as a continuation of that i've got a lot of clients that um, I've had the pleasure of engaging with for many years. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the the pleasure of you know I don't want to say annual reviews because I don't want to in your mind or I don't want to put in our clients' mind that you know you have to talk to us on an annual basis. We interact with our clients all throughout the year, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> Whether <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> It's um, they're they're implementing a new strategy. You know, working with us, we come with our practice. You know, so they have access, not mm-hmm. on demand, but they have access, mm-hmm. right? And and I and I love the our clients. I love my clients, and I love interacting with them. And I really enjoy going back ten years, doing a review or updating, doing something, and looking at what we put together. And, and and really done and used and applied over 10 or 15 years and it's a home run it's nirvana when when they're happy things have turned out better than they expected not that it was all easy and no challenges over that time period that is so refreshing oh it's so rewarding you know it's yeah. like and, and like, wow and whoever did that did a good job <laughs> I, you know i've opened <laughs> case and i've shared this with you i've gone home to jana you know i'm like oh my gosh i you know i have a client going into the nursing home or whatever the case may be maybe they graduated right and you open up everything that was laid out and and to me i've i've done this and it jumps off the 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 page the their their file their their work and it's like me genuinely saying oh my gosh whoever did this yeah we're, we did a, an, an exceptional job, and we're our impressed. own harshest critics. <laughs> we're the most self-critical possible. So if we pass our test, like wow, you know, a pat on the back there. Uh, wow. That's happened several times over the last few years. You know, mm-hmm. clients graduating and different things, and it's just 
impressed at the work you've previously done. Mm-hmm. That's and all fulfilling. the benefit it's going to bring, and it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why I do what I do. I, it's not because I love paperwork <laughs> or regulations. Oh my at the gosh. state level, the federal level, this level, and that level. You know the amount of time and resources it takes to even maintain a business and even stay in business oh. above the taxation? It's the regulations. Oh, my God. Shuh. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. Okay, what else you want to cover, young man? Uh, I mean, I could talk <clears> about <throat> perverted policy design until I'm blue in the face. But I know. Let's talk about something positive. <laughs> let's, let's end on a positive note. Well, I mean, I, going back to the what happens when things when you go about things correctly and the kind of relationships it brings, it's yeah, it you know, it, I the more I enjoy that, the less tolerance and less patience I have for the um, the for those who want to take the improper approach, and the more convicted I feel, and the more um, justified I feel in telling people no. Ooh, righteous you know? indignation. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, I hope it comes across. I, I don't know how to be inauthentic or to not, you know, yeah. I'm a very hard on the sleeve kind of person. And what is that? Very mean? direct hard with on the people. Sleeve. What you is wear that? your heart on your sleeve? Heart on your sleeve. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Heart on your sleeve. Sure. And as, uh, becoming, and it, it's, it's produced, it, it's uh, thwarting, it, it's uh, making the, the ones, the, those who I don't want to associate uh, go away, right? It, it's, it's thwart, I don't know a better word than thwarting them away, right? And it's attracting the people I do want to work with. Absolutely. And uh, and now it's growing into, as this, as our re- partnership and relationship grows and as my business and I kind of see where I'm going to fit over the long term in the business. So now working with other agents and bringing, bringing them in and getting them involved, training them, mentoring them, coaching them, uh, you know, those kinds of real, those interactions, that kind of relationship has been so positive. And, um, you know, you look around for someone who wants to become, uh, an agent and may, and oftentimes what happens is it's a client who, yes. who has already gone through the process. They own a policy, which I think is actually the correct way to do it. The, the best group to choose from if I had my way about things would be people who are already practicing infinite banking, right? As they, an individual. As an individual in their yeah. own life. Not right. coming from a financial background. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that that's the only way. No. But that's, it makes, it fits. That makes, that, that puzzle fits well together. Like if there's someone who's practicing infinite banking in their own life, they want to become more involved. They want to be compensated for the value they, they produce. <clears throat> You know, that there's now a way for them to become involved and to receive mentorship and training. And I tell people, I, it was a, a total God thing. I hate using um, cliches like that, but I mean, for how I found you, or I didn't find you, how Nelson put us together, how all that happened. I mean, because people ask sometimes about the NNI practitioner program and whether it's worth going through that and all that. And there's that, we can have a whole conversation about that. Mm-hmm. But I tell people, don't look at my experience and expect that that's what's going to happen. This is unusual and I'm aware and thankful and it's rare. So I, it worked really well for me. But, you know, I've, the more time I spend and the more time that goes by, the longer I'm involved, the more apparent it becomes that there's really not a lot of opportunities. Uh, for people who want to learn certainly our style well there's one opportunity for people who want to learn our style 
of, of, in, of being in this business. But just for someone who wants to come to understand infinite banking from the agent's perspective, who wants to uh, design a policy appropriately, who doesn't want to make the litany of potential mistakes and suffer all of those very long-term, very ugly consequences, there's For this, the agent and for the client. There's Yeah, there's just not, there's not a lot of options. I've come to see. And I, so I feel very grateful that I landed in this channel and have ended up here. Um, that's, that's very nice. Huh? That's very complimentary. I appreciate well, that. I'm very saying, touching I'm and moving. Dead serious. And if you go watch the 2019 uh, think tank talk I gave on Capitol, you know, you had a whole slide and several minutes in that. Throwing my name around on that Canadian podcast. Absolutely. You know, Listen. It's advertising you can't pay for. I recognize where <laughs> I come from. I recognize all of that. And I'm, um, yeah. Because yeah. I would want, and as I go on to coach and train and all that, I would want people who behave that, who, are, who recognize, who see the value, who want to listen, who want to be coachable. I've got one right now. He's mostly doing that you know and then has been extremely amenable to correction to teaching to, uh, to to what i teach him to what he's learning and the improvement there's a reading list you know i you know I, listen i come from an <laughs> academic background you want to work with me there's going to be a reading list and then we're going to talk about them there might be a quiz i don't know but it's not i mean there are certain <laughs> things you're going to have to learn right the schoolmaster here. yeah well and talking about you know a financial background listen that counts against you <laughs> that well too mm. i mean there's more unlearning you know it's just an additional yeah. layer of unlearning right that that must happen so it's not you, disqualifying uh, but it's close i mean it's a like, oh god especially the more the higher the designation mm, the more difficult it's going to be you know and I, that's not to say i'm against education and, and learning and no. continual improvement quite the opposite i'm so committed to it that i'm even more irritated by all of the <laughs> false and miseducation out there. Uh, Welcome so, to the world. I mean, yeah. I mean, because I think about it's, I'll just say it, it's for a young male or wo man or woman coming out of, say, college or coming out of high school who's looking for something to do. Uh, you know, they want, they want something that they can believe in, that has a moral grounding, that is also has a potential for a substantial income, you know, that's going to opportunity legitimate. to provide. That's legitimate, yeah. mm -hmm. voluntary, uh, going to provide me all those for someone who's, who wants to do that. It's expensive to join the, the NNI. It's not for someone who doesn't have substantial financial resources, who's younger. Mm -hmm. Right. And the prices seem to be going up all the well, time. That's only is, even to get into the financial world, the, 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 um, requirements, the, the testing costs are huge. Yeah. The, you know, the, the, E and O, the licensing and then whatever state you're doing business in. And those are continual. I mean, it, it does cost. When money. I first got into the business, it came to a point, I don't have my wallet on me, but if this is a credit card. I would just don't t just swipe. Is there, is the limit still there? Swipe. You know, it, it really took a commitment. I mean, yeah. it, there was, I think it was, was it January of last year? year before i don't know it was a january at some point early on where i was like mm, maybe go back to the education world and teach uh and maybe mm -hmm. do this on the side or that kind of thing and I, it it was one of those moments where it's like 
you're either going all in or not at all. And I said, well, I'm not bankrupt yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you, you were halfway, I don't say halfway, but you were uh, well down the path of paying your dues that you mentioned earlier. Yes. I mean, there's, you're just not going to wake up one day in the financial world and everybody's going to think you're, you know, likable, trustworthy, and, you know, um, yeah. should you, they should do business. Worthy with of you. doing business with. Yeah, no, I got to earn all that. And, so that's been a whole process, man. And so I point re, reason I'm raising all that, painting that picture is that that I was in that. I get it. Mm-hmm. I feel it. And so I really feel for the young cuz I would love to see as many agents as possible throughout, throughout as far into the financial community as possible to see IBC spread, right? The the correct approach to IBC. The genuine infinite banking spread as much as possible. You know, I'm very much a movement person i'm in the movement right mm. um drink the kool-aid uh, all of it all of it might have added a little extra something but yes i drank the kool-aid <laughs> uh, and and so i want to talk about that <laughs> i want to see it proliferate and so i think about you know young people who might be considering getting into it it's like well maybe there's something i can do for them you know maybe there's a way that because i saw it because i lived through it like maybe there's a way to help um or to be a part of addressing those upfront costs. You know, I, if I can add to that, you know, I, I understand that. I lived that, you know, I think 29 years or somewhere around there. And, and getting into the financial world, I just knew that I wanted to bring value, be of a benefit. And I thought that the financial world um, would afford me that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right? And I like numbers and math and that kind of stuff. Um, it's very difficult. And especially if you don't have a path, mm-hmm. if you don't have mm-hmm. a mentor back in the day when I, I mean, the mentor was like, Oh, here you come on. We're going to show you this little sales method, you know, where you go out to mom and pop's kitchen table, take your watch off. Said, I asked for 30 minutes. I'm going to keep myself to 30 minutes. Oh right. my gosh. Do a presentation. <laughs> oh, look, there's the door run. <laughs> I'm telling you, well, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Um, travel all over the country or Texas. Um, and two, then they're like, oh, well, you go sell all your friends and family and you're going to wash out of the business and sooner than later. And we don't care. Throw it on the wall. See what sticks. Um, you can only take so much of that abuse. <laughs> right. And it's very disheartening. I, could, I took two weeks of it. You're smarter than I Captive firm. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, You paid your dues. I did pay my dues. But I worked hard. I seen what I thought was the light at the end of the tunnel. I could outwork them. Mm. You know, that was was my default. I could outwork them. And as soon as I found out that, figured out that whatever construct of the sales idea, this product, you know, a slow learner, you, you, you know, you don't embrace anything and promote it unless you believe it. Mm-hmm. And then if you figure out that maybe it's not what it appeared and, you know, as soon if that happened, you know, I'm swapping left and going to the next one. Um, when I read Nelson's book, right, that was a complete paradigm shift in thinking mm-hmm. for me. You know, I'd started in 91 believing that buy term and invest the difference, all right, with the Fortune 50 company that I went to work for. Quickly found out that was not 
the solution. The market was not going to always return what they projected. My clients weren't outliving the need for a death benefit. Um, knowing that the financial construct that we live in is not accurate. Okay. And then when I read Nelson's book, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is good. Here it is. I can't necessarily explain it. And it's a path. You read Nelson's book. If you're an agent or advisor, it's okay to start there (laughs) and don't get off of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, my, that was really just my input. It, it, it not only gives the all American individual family a clear path to true financial, um, clarity mm-hmm. and control. It, it'll also do that for the agent or the advisor, but they're in a position where they have to unlearn another layer, another threshold of this financial jargon, these financial ideas and concepts, but it's, you can do it, mm-hmm. you know, it's worth it. You can do it. And, and I'm just saying, do that. Start at Nelson's book and don't get off of it. And then if I would continue on to that, I'm embracing the idea that, you know, people tell me how many videos we have on a channel. <laughs> it's like, um, I'm embracing the idea that, that it's okay. All the stuff that we put out for free, I've been beat up on that for two years. You got a hundred videos, you got this, you got that. Uh, okay. Why don't you watch them? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> quit counting, sit down, and, watch one. <laughs> and, and just because they're forwarded around or, or they're linked up on somebody else's click funnel thing is not direct endorsement from us. Right. On the, that, but that, that theme of that, the comment you started to make there, that having a path, having a track to run on, having a path. I think that's so important. I, I think there's other ways that applies throughout the financial world. You know, we like to beat up the average Joe American who doesn't save much. And I, I think, don't beat them up. Well, I, I encourage them. I encourage, yeah, sometimes <laughs> a beating and encouragement go together. <laughs> <laughs> wow, where did you grow up? <laughs> uh, but having that path around, I think the reason a lot of people don't save or one of them, one of the reasons, uh, is that there is no vision. Nope. There is no uh, track laid out. There is no path. There is no... And so when you're talking about how infinite banking gives you a path to run down, it also gives a motivating vision for why you'd want it, what you can do, what's possible if you take control of your cash flows and direct it to an entity you own and control by contract. And you have no idea those possibilities in the None. beginning. Nope. None. None. And that's one of the things that they raised on the uh, uh, the Bay, Wealth Without Bay Street podcast was that, uh, you know, people talking about get stuck on comparing, say, the, the interest rate on a policy loan. Compa- and there's a guy on Facebook I'm thinking of right now who's got, I can't get off stuck on this, that, well, the, the auto lender is going to give me money at 2%. And we'll suppose for the sake of argument that it's a genuine 2% loan. Right, and that they're not playing the games with the retail price of the vehicle, but okay. Oh so yeah, sure. Big Let's assumptions. Pretend. Yeah, we're headed far down the rabbit hole now. But big assumptions. So suppose it's a genuine two percent or whatever percent, and that the policy loan, whatever, is five or seven or eight or whatever it is. Right, higher policy loan interest rate relative to the auto loan interest rate, and it's like, okay, well then why would I become my own banker? It's like, oh boy. Well. You can't, you know, and so I commented on this thread. I said in the interview, it's like, listen, that is just an indication 
that we're still stuck in the uh, the conventional financial paradigm, mm -hmm. right? Comparing these interest rates, not about rates, about volume, about ownership, right? And it's and I said, listen, bankers do business with other bankers all the time. Oh, you know, it's it's nothing wrong with doing that, right? If it's a supposing again for the sake of argument that it's a genuinely lower cost loan, probably isn't. Listen, if you want to be beholden to some third party lender you're the banker and nobody's stopping you. But at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt either to have ownership of and access to guaranteed by contract <clears throat> sufficient capital so that if it ever happened that whomever it is you become dependent upon for that money. <laughs> I love that. Don't jump over that. Yeah, re re right. <laughs> whomever you've become dependent upon for that capital, you know, if they mess around and go bankrupt or somebody buys them out and maybe the new owner calls all the old notes due and so suddenly you've got to pay up all this money that you thought was so cheap maybe it was maybe it wasn't uh you know it doesn't hurt to be to have the capital under your ownership and control so that you could easily take care of whatever and it might be a car loan it might be a business loan probably more likely in the case of a business mm -hmm. uh you know it doesn't hurt to be able to cast that snake <laughs> cast the conventional banker you know whoever's extended you that business the commercial line of credit doesn't hurt to be able to tell them to go packing when you want right goodbye felicia and that's one that is one of many reasons that you might become your own banker right but and i so i go into this too you know they asked what the phd what the dissertation is going to be about and i you know, you can do an Austrian. It's another shameless plug. Well, I'm kidding. <laughs> it ain't shameless. Nothing shameful. I'll tell you that. Uh, the so from the the Austrian perspective, you know, the relationship between capital and opportunity. You know, somebody walking around with the knowledge that they could write a check for however many tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? However much capital. Someone walking around with substantial capital under their ownership and control. The landscape of opportunity <laughs> looks different to that person, right? If you're walking around dirt poor or if you only got $5, you have relatively less access to and a lesser degree or lesser quantity of capital at your disposal. The economic world is going to look inferior. It's going to look uh, much different than relative to the individual who can write a big check if he needs to, right? So someone who doesn't have substantial control over capital is not going to buy the house across the street. They're not going to go into business with their uh, colleague at work. They're not going to finance their son or daughter's new business idea. The, and those are like three little examples. The, the entire world of opportunity. You know, in order to be active in the economic world, you've got to finance a few things. Right? And so uh, to everyone's surprise, you may discover <laughs> that down the road, you have a substantial need for capital. Oh, down oh, the road. How about right now? Uh, absolutely right now. So it doesn't hurt to go about building it. And so if you take that idea and you think, okay, having control over access to substantial amount of capital is the thing is I should do that. I mean, okay. We might think about the most optimal way to go about doing it. Mm -hmm. Right. That's all we're doing. And infinite banking, that's all becoming, that's all. That's what becoming your bank, becoming your own banker is. And so if you choose not to, because you're quibbling about uh, two versus 5% on your auto loan, uh, you know, okay, you, you get hung up, run as many spreadsheets as you want. I'm sure you're a great accountant. Um, you're probably an Excel ninja. Have at it, go to town. I'm moving on as quick as possible. I don't even want to see the numbers. I got to close my eyes and see the numbers on the back of my eyelids. I have no desire, right? <laughs> Looking away as quick as possible. 
Everybody else can waste as much time as they'd like on that, you know, because I'm cognizant of, I'm aware of the the positive, all of the all of the things that we don't even know about, the unknown unknown, the unseen, the things that we the benefits, God's blessings that we're not even aware of yet, that are way down the road, that will only be available if we prepare. It will only be available to us if we take the steps now that we do the work now, we pay our dues, we approach the process the right way to become your own banker, to build capital under your own ownership and control. I'm cognizant of all that stuff. And I want that. I want in that. Sure. You know? And if yeah, so if you're hung up on two versus five or seven or you know, what's the internal rate of return on this, or you know, can I run an illustration compare with this company to this company, or can we tinker with the design this percentage point this way or that way? It's like <laughs> Listen. <laughs> listen, stop it. Please listen. Yeah. In fact, go listen to the show so I can go Several times. do something. Yes. And then reread the book a lot. Um, if you're really interested, and that's why I said to people, if you're genuinely interested in the answer to that question, right? If you're, if you genuinely want to know big, if another big no, kind of assumption, no question, right? Maybe if. that's a genuine 2% loan and they're not playing games with numbers. Maybe unlikely maybe the person's genuinely interested wants to know what uh you know the answer to this to a given objection is i ain't got no problem with objections right i love them they're an opportunity to learn improve correct move forward right but there is such a thing as a unhelpful objection of just a tire kicking question you know you're trying to prove somebody wrong or you want to have a debate you're trying to validate what you're doing anyway you know go go on (laughs) go on right so for the for those who have the that genuine objection it's like you know, uh, build, uh, after becoming your own banker, building your warehouse of wealth, Nelson's second book tells personal examples of opportunities that he had where he got five, four, five digit percent returns on invest investments. We don't even think of them as investments, but they are, mm-hmm. right? Lending someone some money, right? And then maybe you uh, uh, buy it back from them or you finance them, right? Just like Nelson talked about, uh, you know, the, and, and here we are, we're going to kick around, kick rocks over, a couple percentage points yep. on the loan, right? Or, well, the, you know, so-and-so said, I can get 12% mutual fund historical return. It's like, okay. No, that's, it's, that's legitimate. It, and math is math. And, you know, we had comments where, talking about mortgages, James, why do you have a 30-year mortgage? And blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. Because I'm the banker and I can do whatever I want. The banker can do whatever they want to do. He who has a gold makes rules. Mm. <clears throat> but look, favorite one. most of the time, um, and sometimes the individual, the spreadsheet ninja, just wants to make an argument and debate numbers or prove their pre-positioned idea or support whatever they believe. And God bless them. Um, most of America... And you do the research on the debt, mm. the public debt, mm. the personal debt, the student loan debt. Most of America is going broke <laughs> at three or four percent, five percent rate, where forty to fifty percent by volume. There is a difference between rate and volume. Mm-hmm. All right, so. If you really want to get down to the numbers and do all of that, I'm with you. God bless you. You've jumped smooth over this ability, this concept of becoming your own banker. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some people, that's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. 
you know god bless you all right well that was a that I don't was know a, if that was positive, but I got excited, so I feel like it was positive. That's very positive. <laughs> and, you know, this is, I'm telling you, this is an episode. Most of the episodes that we do, and, and I'm telling you, I don't listen to most of them. I get to listen to a few of them. It's very hard for me to listen to myself. and But when I do listen to our <laughs> podcast, um, it's educational, it's entertaining, and I think if you only listen to most of them one time you're doing yourself a disservice Mm -hmm. so listen to it more than once it's okay (laughs) okay thanks for listening (laughs) (laughs) we'll see you next time Bye. thank you for joining us on the banking with life podcast if you're watching on youtube make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.